1 John chapter number 3, verse number 16. It says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Let's read this again, and let's all read this together. Here we go. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done thus far. Now, God, I pray because this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep, and I am your vessel. So help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. Help us, O oh God, that we will leave out of here stronger, better, wiser than what we walked in here. We will forever give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. If you're ready to receive the word of God, clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to speak today on this subject, and that is simply the love of God. I'm so grateful for the worship team and praise and music because they were just singing songs that just went exactly along the path that I would like to teach on here this morning, and that is the love of God. Of God. I don't know about you, but every day I am thankful for the love of our Lord and Savior. I'm thankful for his love. I don't deserve his love, but I am thankful for his love. Every day when you rise, you ought to say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to say that again. Every day you rise, you ought to say, thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful for his love. I'm so thankful for it. And, you know, there's these three little small books in the back of your Bible, and they come right before the book of Jude and then before the book of Revelations. But they are first and second and third John. The writer of these books is the Apostle John. The Apostle John is also uh, the writer of the Gospel of John. John, who is known as the Revelator or the one who Jesus loved. The Apostle John is very unique how the Lord decided to use him. And the, the Apostle John was also one of the three that Jesus would hold dear to him or close to him, Peter, James, and John. Oftentimes when you would see a large crowd and Jesus would call his disciples out among the crowd. And then there were times when he would even draw three even out of the 12, and the Apostle John was one of those three. When you're reading the Gospels, oftentimes when people are coming to Christ or they're trying to discipline themselves to read the Word of God, we would encourage people to read the Gospels. The Gospels are just simply the life the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's good to understand the Gospels and how they teach the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how we should love other people and treat other people and even treat ourselves. If you was to really want to dive into genealogy, it's important to even start in the book of Matthew because Matthew lays out genealogy. Matter of fact, when you open up the book of Matthew, chapter number one, it starts immediately in genealogy. 
you like miracles and you want to understand the greatness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what all he's able to do is good to read the book of Mark. It records the most miracles. Even the other gospels are uh, known to mention the many miracles that Mark mentioned. If you're someone that enjoys details and you're someone that likes the intricate things of the word of God and you enjoy the details of the book, then you ought to read Luke. Luke gives you great detail of things, which is not by coincidence because Luke was a Gentile physician. Many people don't know this, but of the four gospel writers, only two of them were Jews. Only two of them were Jews. That was Matthew and John. Luke was not a Jew. He was a Gentile, excuse me, only two of them were apostles. Uh, only Matthew and John were apostles, but Luke and Mark were not apostles, and Luke was the only Gentile. Uh, and then Mark is actually John Mark. John Mark was not apostle, but just a follower of Jesus Christ. And so it's important to understand that. But then when you get to the book of John, if you want to understand deity and the revelation of Jesus Christ and who Jesus was, then the book of John is the book for you to read. And here we have this same apostle John who is writing here in 1 John. He writes 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and speaking of John being known as a revelator he also wrote the book of revelations and so here we find here in first John chapter 3 verse number 16 where the scripture says hereby perceive we the love of God so the apostle John is giving us detail here that this is how we ought to understand the love of God we ought to understand it because he laid down his life for you and I well, if we were to go to the book of John, the Apostle John, as he starts out in the first chapter of the book of John, starting at verse number one, the Apostle John opens up with a statement by saying, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now the word here in other churches, they will try to say the word is the Christ. They will try to explain this saying that the word is Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ is the word well the word here actually is logos which is the plan of God so the plan of God was from the beginning and the plan was with God because that plan was God and so we must understand that the word means the plan of God and it goes on to let us know in verse number two that that plan that God had a redemptive plan from the beginning. From the beginning of time, God had a redemptive plan. If you understand that, then you will understand verse number two. Verse number two says, and the same, excuse me, the same was in the beginning with God. The man Christ Jesus was not in the beginning with God because the man Christ Jesus had a birthday. He was born of Mary. He was not in the beginning with God, but a redeemer was in the plan from the beginning 
beginning. And so now you can understand verse number three. Verse number three says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Well, we know all things were made by God. How do we know all things were made by God? Because Genesis chapter one, verse number one says, in the beginning God. God created the heaven and the earth. It does not say in the beginning the Son of God created the heaven and the earth, but the Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and all things were made by God. And without God was not anything made that was made. Now, if you understand those concepts, if you drop down to verse number 10 in John 1, you can understand how John now is giving us a depiction of how God came into the world but he says here in verse number 10 he was in the world and the world was made by him so John is letting us know that God came into the world that same God that created all of heaven and earth the God that created the heavens and the earth came into the world and John is helping us to understand this because because God is a spirit. So how can spirit come into the world? Verse number 10 says, and the world knew him not. He came into his own and his own received him not. So God created everything and then he came into his creation. He came into his own people, but his own people didn't even receive him. But you cannot see a spirit. You cannot behold a spirit. You cannot handle a spirit. So how can we see God? Well, verse number 14 says, and the word, and we know that the word was God. Everybody say the word was God. That came in John chapter 1, verse number 1. So the Bible says, and the word, or God was made flesh. Now, it's important to see this here because the Bible does not say that God became flesh. But the Bible says that God was made flesh. Why is that so important, preacher? Because if God became flesh, that means that Mary was the mother of God. Well, Mary cannot be be the mother of God. That's what Catholicism teaches, that Mary is the mother of God. I'm sorry, baby, but God has no beginning. He has no ending. He has no mother. He has no father. He is the first. He is the last. He's the alpha, and he is the omega. So God cannot have a mother, but God was here before anything else was, and God will always be. So we must understand that Mary's not the mother of God but how can we behold him because God was made flesh so now we can understand that God made flesh and then he got in that flesh that is the only way that we can behold him that is the only way that we can see him because God is a spirit 
spirit and they that worship him but worship him in spirit and in truth so you cannot see God until he made a body and then once he made a body he got in that body and now we can behold the glory of the Lord and that's why in verse number 14 it says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his somebody say glory and we beheld his glory. The word beheld means to look upon or to see him with your eyes. So the only way that you can see God is when you've seen Jesus. So therefore, everywhere that Jesus went, you ought to have the understanding there is God manifested in the flesh. So therefore, now we can touch him. Now we can hope now we can hold him now we can behold him because before in the beginning of time there was no way to behold God he was just in creation but there was no way for you to touch him but God says I've got a plan and my plan is to come in flesh so that you can touch me so that you can hold me and see me face to face and so now here we understand that the word behold means to look upon or to see him with the eyes but look at what the bible says the bible says and we beheld his glory we beheld his glory now that's interesting here because if you understand your old testament god does not give his glory to nobody else so if you're going to behold his glory then it has to come from his image it cannot come from any other image it cannot come from any other man it cannot come from any other God because God says in Isaiah chapter number 42 verse number 8 he says I am the Lord that is my name and my glory will I not give to another neither my praise to a graven image that's why when I come into his house I don't come to worship him because of you I don't come to praise him because of you I don't come to lift him up because of you but I come to give my God praise just simply for who he is that's why I don't worry about who's sitting down I don't worry about who's got a frown on their face but I come with the praise on my lips and joy deep down in my soul I wonder if there's anybody here that came to magnify the Lord clap your hands unto the Lord somebody shout hallelujah Hallelujah. Well, well, well. I'm getting a Sunday night start already. Uh, but I feel good down in my spirit because when I get to preaching about Jesus, I just get excited because I've got understanding and revelation of who my God is. There are many people in this world that worship things. They don't even know what they're worshiping. They're brought up in homes with lack of understanding. They don't even know what they're doing. But when you come to an understanding, when you know who your God is when you know what he's done for you I can't help myself but to throw up my hands and say thank you Jesus 
now listen to this now he says that is my name and my glory will I not give to another uh, because Isaiah is letting us know that there's only one God and that one God is who we must serve Jude chapter 1 before we jump back to John let's go to Jude 1 verse number 25 Jude 1 25 says to the only wise God our Savior now let's look at this very closely the scripture letting us know here the book of Jude right before you get to Revelations only one chapter here and this is the very last verse of this book Jude is highlighting to us that there's only one wise God and that one God is our savior now how can God become our savior because he's letting us know here he says to the only wise God our savior look be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen so Jude is signifying he's putting a seal on it that God is our savior that we don't have another savior that someone else didn't come for you and die for your sins no God is your savior I'm going to reiterate something here very important because when you have the understanding that God almighty is the one that came to die for your sins you need to understand understand this that God did not die but the flesh that was surrounding an almighty God is what died on that cross God cannot die if God was to die everything would shut down everything would stop I've heard people say that God died for three days God did not die for three days the flesh the man Christ Jesus laid in that tomb but God was still operating the heavens and the earth Woo, glory be to God because there's only one wise God he's the one our savior now the scripture says in the book of John chapter 1 verse number 14 I'm not done with verse number 14 yet it says and the word was made flesh not became flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory we beheld the glory of the father through Jesus Christ that's why it says the glory as of the only begotten of the father begotten means he was born he had a birth date but the scripture says here full of grace and truth now how can something be full of grace and truth I'm sorry but every one of us were born of a woman and every one of us were born in sin and shapen in iniquity there is no way no how any human being can be full of grace and truth how can Jesus be full of grace and truth because even though he was born of a woman he did not have a father an earthly father that produced him but his father came from heaven so therefore that is why we refer to Jesus Christ in the scripture as the son of God and he's also known as the son of man how can he be called the son of God and also the son of man well the scripture lets us know that the son of God means that he became or he came from God the scripture lets us know 
know the angel of the Lord told Mary that the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Mm -hmm. that's how Jesus was placed in that womb the Holy Ghost moved upon Mary and the Holy Ghost placed Jesus in the womb of Mary because even Mary said how can these things be knowing I haven't known a man yet and the angel had to comfort her and say don't worry about that God is going to take care of that and see we must understand that now since God placed that baby in that womb that it carried the bloodline of God that bloodline that was in Jesus Christ was not tainted it didn't he, so when Jesus was born he wasn't born with sin in his life because his father was God he came from God and God placed Jesus am I going too fast here y'all with me God placed Jesus into the womb and so that's why we call him son of God now why is he called the son of man the scripture lets us know because he was born of a woman that's why he was called the son of man because he was born of a woman he's called the son of God because Jesus came from God he's called the son of man because he was born of a woman Jesus is considered the firstborn of all creation meaning Jesus is the first in rank over every creature the Bible lets us know in Colossians chapter number one starting at verse number 15 it says who is the image of the invisible God now this is important here I want to bag up because remember Jesus was full of grace and truth the only way that Jesus can be full of grace of truth is because what was inside of Jesus Christ God was inside of that man and that's the only way he can be full of grace and truth there's no other way for a human being to be full of grace and truth unless God is on the inside of him because there's only one wise God our Savior so therefore Jesus had to have all of God on the inside of him in order for him to be full of grace and full of truth because our grace is given unto us our truth is revealed unto us we cannot be full of grace and truth only Jesus was full of grace and truth because Jesus is the image of the invisible God and that's why Jesus that's why the scripture excuse me lets us know that God has given him a name which is above every name he was full of grace and truth and that's why we read now we can understand Colossians 1 15 the scripture says who is the image of the invisible God it says the firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist now the scripture here Paul is letting us know he's talking about Jesus Christ he said Jesus is the image of the invisible God Jesus is the firstborn of every creature by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him it was not created by the flesh 
the man Christ Jesus but it was created by the God that was inside of the man Christ Jesus we must remember the reason why Paul is giving Jesus credence here that he was the creator of things is because Paul excuse me yes Paul here in the Colossians has an understanding that Jesus is the image of God so that's why we can better understand that when Paul begins to say in verse number 18 and he is the head of the body the church we know that Jesus is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence verse number 19 says for it pleased the father everyone say it pleased the father it pleased the father that in him in who in Jesus Christ should all fullness dwell remember because God does not give his glory to no one else but it pleased him that the fullness of everything the glory even can be given to the son that's why if you jump over to Colossians chapter 2 verse number 9 very quickly the Bible says for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily everything dwells in Jesus Christ I love this text I've heard one preacher put it this way it shouldn't take three gods to defeat one devil I'm telling you that's why we don't worship three gods but we just worship one God I don't worship God the Father I don't worship God the Son and I don't worship God the Holy Ghost but I understand that all these three are one. That's why the Bible says all the fullness of the Godhead, it dwells in Jesus. So I don't have to pray God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, get rid of this devil. But I just call on Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every demon must flee. At the name of Jesus, every hell must bag up. Every demonic force must get shut down. At the name of Jesus, it doesn't matter what sickness you have at the name of Jesus it doesn't matter what illness you have I just call on the name of Jesus and everything that come up against you gotta bag up it has to bag up and so now you can have a better understanding of why 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 would the Bible emphasize in the book of John saying that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and that word was God and that that word became flesh it is important now if you bag all the way up to those scriptures as the apostle John is giving us understanding on that now we can have better clarity that God became flesh that he was made the scripture says made flesh and so now I'm using my own words against myself he was made flesh not became flesh and so it's important now to see the distinction of that that God made a body he didn't become that body because if God would have became flesh then when Jesus died on the cross that means God would have died on that cross but God cannot die it is impossible for God to die for if God was to die everything would die with it I mean everything all of creation would die as well every single person would have lost their breath immediately 
immediately and all of heaven and earth would have passed away immediately but God cannot die but the flesh that resembled God that's why it said it pleased the father that it all dwelled in him if you go back to the book of Colossians chapter number one go back to verse number 20 please and now the Bible says and having made peace through the blood of his cross listen to this now by him to reconcile everyone say reconcile and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto who himself by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven the scripture here is highlighting and letting us know right here in verse number 20 that there was reconciliation in all things unto himself now here it is John 1 1 the plan from the beginning the plan from the beginning was reconciliation that's why God had to make flesh in order for there to be reconciliation and now when we go back to our opening text 1st John chapter 3 verse number 16 hereby perceive we the love of God this is how we perceive the love of God why because he laid down his life for us now we can understand clearly how God laid down his life for you and I he laid down his life through the man Christ Jesus now we can see how the apostle John writes this is how we perceive it this is how we know God loves us he loves us so much that he didn't send no one else to die for you but he came to die himself for you and I that is a reason alone to shout thank you Jesus that God himself came to die for you and I that's how much he loves us that is why it is important for you and I to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ why because we are buried with him in baptism so when we go down in the name of Jesus Christ that is when your sins are washed away then when you come out that water you come out a creature that has a new mind a new heart therefore you look at things differently now you just live with the heart asking the Lord to forgive you of your ways and your sins as you continue to live in this life but the Bible says here in verse number 20 by him to reconcile all things unto himself first John three sixteen says hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us the Bible says in second Corinthians five eighteen. It says, and all things are of God who have, everyone say, reconciled. All things are of God who have reconciled us to himself. How did he do it? By Jesus Christ. 
And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, this latter part is important because I think we understand the first part that in order for God to reconcile us back to himself, that he had to do it through flesh because it took a blood sacrifice and God cannot die. So he had to make a body in order to have the sacrifice. So all things are of God who reconciled us to himself and he did it back to himself through Jesus Christ. But then the Bible says, and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation because he has reconciled us. Now we have an opportunity to reconcile others. Now, if we go back to 1 John 3, 16, because God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Look what the latter part now says. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now, when you read this, it would be hard for someone to understand Jesus died for us. Is Jesus expecting us to die for our brothers? The Bible says that God reconciled us through Jesus Christ. He was willing to sacrifice and now he's given us the ministry of reconciliation that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Well, reconciliation is defined as to restore friendship or harmony. The word reconciliation in the Greek means restoration of favor. And so what the scripture is letting us know is that because I came and died for you, you ought to be willing to sacrifice for one another. So since I came and I laid down my life so that you can have life, then you shouldn't be holding grudges against your brother, that you should be able to love your brother because I gave and came and reconciled you back to me. Now I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation. So therefore, brother E, it doesn't matter what you did to me three years ago. I've got to be able to love you enough right now because God loved me enough enough that he reconciled me and see too many of us are accepting the love of Jesus Christ but we're not accepting the love of our brother and our sister but how can you say you love God but yet you don't love your brother and your sister how can you love a God who you have not seen but yet you don't love your brothers who you do see and see if we accept the reconciliation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ then we've got to lay down the sword which is your mouth you got to lay down that thing and be able to put up the sword which is the word of God and be able to exercise love and grace and appreciation and forgiveness because how can we be forgiven if we don't forgive others it's important my friend if you expect to be forgiven then you've got to learn how to forgive your brothers and your sisters so Star City should be a church of reconciliation that means I don't care how long you've been here you can be here for 35 years you can have a 35 
35-year-old problem. I'm telling you, honey, you better get rid of that 35-year-old problem if you expect to make it into heaven. I don't see how you can look at your brother with a mean mug on your face, but then come in here with your hands raised, talking about, I love you, Jesus. The devil is a liar. The devil, mm -mm -mm -mm. God don't love that. He don't respect that, and he won't honor that. But I'm looking at a group of people that need to lay down the things of the world and pick up the ways of Jesus Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So somebody in here today needs to go up to a brother and say, I love you, brother. I appreciate you, brother. Let's let bygones be bygones, brother. You need to do whatever you need to do because we got to love one another. Oh, I ain't getting a lot of hand claps on this. That's okay. I'm going to preach this thing because God has given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. That means I can go over here and say, I love you, Summers. I can go over here and say, I love you, sister. I can go over here and say, I love you, brother. I can come shake your hand and say, forgive me, brother. I know I did you wrong. I know I talked about you the wrong way, but please forgive me. And then you got to look back at me and say, I appreciate that, Pastor. You know what? I forgive you, too. I forgive you too. Amen. Praise God. That's the ministry of reconciliation right there. That's what it's all about. Because if we say we love him, then we've got to love one another. Because God loved us so much that he forgave you of your mess. He forgave you of your mess. He forgave you of your mess. He forgave me of my mess. And we've got to learn how to forgive one another. So that's the ministry of reconciliation because I believe that this place should be a healing place. I believe that this place should be a place where people feel comfortable to come in here and lay down everything. But we say that because of the love of God. But I'm telling you, it needs to go even beyond the love of God because the love of God should pour out between his people. See, Jesus Christ became the mediator between God and man and he was pulling people to him, pointing people back to God. Now that Jesus has ascended, now that we that are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are the mediators between the people and Jesus Christ. And now we ought to pull people to us so that we can point people back to Jesus. But if we don't have love, how can we pull people to us? I'm going to say that again. If we don't have love, how can we pull people to him? Star City, we got to love people, love people, love people, love people. Please be seated. Y'all be seated because I feel like I'm preaching to everybody that's not standing up. So, so you need to understand this. Am I preaching good back there? Praise God. I got 17 head nods that said yes. Okay? Because this is how we perceive the love of God. This is how we perceive it, that he laid down his life. So now we understand that God laid down his life. How did he do it? Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He did it through Jesus Christ because God is a spirit. So God can't come and die. So God had to make a body. As that's why he made himself. He made a body. Then he got in that body. And then everywhere Jesus went, that was the image. That's why he was known as the Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer. That's why Peter said he's both Lord and Christ. He's, he's, he's both. He was fully God, fully man. Amen. All right. That's why we don't baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost here. That confused you, didn't it? Because here's the thing. We do baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We just understand that that name is Jesus Christ. 
That's why when we baptize people, we say in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't mention titles because the titles have no authority. Okay? Titles have no authority. That's why, that's why when you pray for your food, you don't say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. When you're about to get in a wreck, you ain't got time to say Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You just got time to say Jesus. So why do you say Jesus when you're about to get in a wreck, but then when I take you down in the water, it takes me 15 minutes to say Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and then I take it down. No, uh, uh-uh. I seen a video the other day. I don't know if y'all seen this video, but this boy was getting baptized, and then he's and the preacher said, "Now I baptize you in the name of the Father," and then and the boy baptized himself, and then he came up out the water. And he said, "You was taking too long." <laughs> See if he just would have said Jesus immediately right there. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's why we don't use titles because titles have no authority it's all in the name of Jesus Christ and see all the glory goes in the name it pleases the father that it's in the son it pleases him that it's all in him that's why Colossians 3.17 says everything you do in word or in deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus and I'm sorry but word and deed means spoken in action everything I say that means when I pray I do it in Jesus name and everything that I do that means everything action that I do I do it all in Jesus name but I'm sorry baby you can listen to me all across this world but when I'm baptizing people that is something that I am doing and the Bible says word or deed and when I baptize people it is a deed and the scripture says everything you do indeed do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus so therefore when I perform a deed I'm going to do it indeed in Jesus name I wish I had a church in here that knew what I was talking about when I clap your hands unto the Lord I'm telling you this how we know that God loves us because God came himself to die on that cross and that's why we believe in the name of Jesus Christ but if you're going to shout that name if you're going to believe in that name you got to love in that name amen because God has reconciled us now we can have the ministry of reconciliation so now there should be no grudges from here on out open up my understanding now Lord there should be no grudges from here on out there should be no one looking at other people a certain way I'm not saying that these folks did you wrong people do each other wrong we're human it's going to happen it's just it's just a way of life but that doesn't mean I have to hold a grudge against that person for the rest of my life What do you think if Jesus held a grudge against you? What would you think if you prayed and Jesus said, I'm not answering that prayer. I'm not doing that because I don't like the way you acted last week. He can say that about all of us in here. But forgive me, Lord, for holding a grudge against my brothers and my sisters when he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I know this isn't preached a whole lot in apostolic churches, but I'm telling you, I'm a priest this thing because we need the ministry of reconciliation. If God has given us the ability to love people and forgive people, people then we've got to be able to move on praise God amen now if I give you I'm picking on you today Anna. now if I give you a thousand dollars and you promised me you was gonna give me that money back I mean you promised me and every time you see me you said I'm gonna give you that thousand I'm gonna give you that thousand I'm gonna give you that thousand and then a whole year go by you still ain't give me that thousand dollars well now brother Madrid Guess what? I've reached to a point in my life where I need that $1,000. Now I need it. Something has went wrong, shifted. Now I need that money. And guess who I'm a little, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because next time I see him, mm hmm. Mm hmm. But I've got to know I'm not getting my money. So why hold a grudge against him? Why, why try to hold him down, hold him back? Because that's between him and God. And now I've got to work out my own salvation now. Now I'm in a pickle with me and God. Now, now I'm in trouble with God because of how I'm viewing my brother. Mm -hmm. And I've got to have a ministry of reconciliation and still love my brother. Still treat him right. Let God work on his heart. And I've got to go find Brother Reed and say, hey, can I borrow $1,000? I promise I'll pay you back. As soon as he pay me back. Y'all didn't know I was going down this road today, did I? Did y'all? Yeah, yeah. I, I had it all in my plan. Don't worry about it. I was, I was taking you on a journey this morning. I was taking you on a journey. But see, but see, I couldn't get here until you understood that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only wise God, our Savior. See, if, if you lack the understanding that there's only one Lord, then you won't understand how the love of God works. You, you, you won't understand it because if you still view things as, as there's God and then there's God the Son and then God the Son came and died for us, then where's the love of God? Shouldn't it be the love of the Son? Woo! Am I, am I, in, am I in deep, too deep water? Should I come back up? You see, you, you have to understand the love of God. Does that make sense? That God said, no, I'm going to create an image and then I'm going to step, I'm the full, all grace and truth is going to be in that image. And so you got to understand that the, the omnipotence, the, the, the God is everywhere at all times, that, that he can be in heaven, he can fill the earth and be in the body of Jesus Christ. Because there's no other way for Jesus to be full of grace and truth. He's, he's, he's in, and, and so everywhere Jesus went, that's God, that's God, that's God, that's God, that's God. And that's why the religious people kept missing him. You can't be God. Who can forgive sin but God? Who can do these things but God? Because he was. That was his love. That was him. That was him. He's walking on water. How can he do that? That's God. That's him. That's, that's what he did. But he was also flesh. He was also born of a woman. He also got hungry, got mad, flipped over tables. Got angry with my money. And so he, 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 he would do these things often. But see, if you don't understand that, you won't understand reconciliation. Are you, am I helping you? If you don't understand it, you won't fully understand how to love other people then. You won't understand reconciliation then. But when you understand who Jesus was and how he reconciled you, then you can better understand how I should love other people. And church, you've got to love people. You've got to forgive people. And you've got to forgive yourself. Huh? In the name of Jesus. You've got to forgive. You've got to reconcile. All right? Business owners, all my business owners. Okay, business owners. You, you've, you've got to forgive. You've got to love people. Because transactions go wrong. Amen. And what do we say? No, this is business. Wait a minute now. Be careful. 
be, be careful of your attitude behind it. Be, be, be careful of your heart because that's what the Lord is looking at. He's looking at your heart. And so you, you, you got to understand God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So therefore, people that you sit around, it, it's interesting how, you know, you can sit over here, Sister Lisa, because you can't stand Sister Jessica, you know, because she got on your nerves uh, just yeah, just the other day, right? And so you you happy when you come to church. you like, I'm happy because you guess what? Jessica sits on that side of the church, so I don't have to worry about seeing her. But I can come over here, lift my hands, speak in tongues, but you hate your sister. The devil's a liar. I don't care how much you lift your hands and speak in tongues. If you hate your brother and sister, you think you're going to make it into heaven? I'm going to say this one, uh, no, not one more time, a whole bunch of more times, but one more time today, and that is don't let tongues fool you. Don't, don't let speaking in tongues fool you. Tongues will fool you because you think you speak in tongues. Oh, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. The devil's a liar. That is a lie. Matter of fact, I got a Bible for that. I won't go there right now, but I got a Bible for that. Don't think, don't, don't, uh, tongues doesn't validate your life. Just because you spoke in tongues this morning, that don't mean God's like, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. I have validated your life. I don't care if you hate everybody in the church. You spoke in tongues, so you're fine. That's not true. And if we don't learn how to love people, someone say today. Someone say right now. You got to love people. I'm not just talking about inside the four walls, but it starts inside the four walls. I, I, I'm preaching because it's holiday season. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your family. You better love people. You better love your family. You better love them. You better love them. I, I, I know things haven't been going right and perfect. I, I'm preaching now. I know, I know, I know you got sons and daughters and, and, some, and some people in your family. That's, mm, mm. And I'm about to see them this week for Christmas. You don't even want to be, you don't even want to invite them into your house. Ministry of reconciliation. Because some of you are the only Jesus they're going to interact with. And how can they know the love of God if you don't? I'm be honest with you, church. I, I really don't know what else to say. Let's just stand to our feet right now. Come on, lift your hands unto the Lord. Lift your hands unto the Lord. Come on, lift your hands unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus.